Always fun to catch up uh, with the people you care about and the people that uh, have made a mark on your life, uh, whether personally or professionally or creatively. Uh, my next guest, David Esquire, and I have not exchanged uh, on the interwebs or on our podcasts uh, in over three years, um, as you'll soon uh, find it revealed in the um, in the following uh, conversation. Uh, David has been a very close friend and a mentor and inspiration for me uh, throughout um, not just my career in the photographic life, but also a very impactful individual who's always had a kind word and never let me, uh, you know, fall off the rails in terms of like, you know, keeping me grounded and focused and uh, along with other people. But David has certainly been uh, forced to reckon with in terms of not letting me give up on myself and uh, what inspires me to keep going throughout uh, this uh, photographic journey. Um, it's not really a photography episode, but mostly um, getting back, uh, getting back together and actually like, you know, catching up, mostly catching up because, you know, life happens and uh, different circumstances notwithstanding. But, uh, you know, everybody has uh, their own little things going on. And uh, it was nice to actually catch up and, uh, you know, just talk about not just photography, but as you'll soon see, uh, the conversation takes on a very interesting, if not to say very intimate and unexpectedly so, uh, turn. And uh, it's uh, definitely something that I, in the beginning, hesitated to actually publish. But uh, with um, David's openness and encouragement, uh, this episode is basically in progress. So there's no intro particularly. But uh, as you'll soon see, it's uh, quite of an intimate and uh, a very honest uh, conversation between two people just uh, recatching and reconnecting on different facets of uh, life, as beautiful as it is and unexpected as it is uh, through its own roller coaster of challenges. So without further ado, uh, Waking the Awesome with David Esquire. Here we go. You have to realize that these are real people. And if we're just taking Jim Carrey as an example, you realize that it's, a, it's part of the facade to be a quote-unquote yes. celebrity. And you have to pick and choose as to what you want to expose to the public and how you choose to feed um, the beast and yes. how you want it to let it take over. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, with Jim Carrey in terms of, like you said, the interviews he's giving is all about, you know, people need to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, none of this matters. At the end exactly. of the day, there you go. It's it's a job like any job. Yeah, you know, your job is to, you know, make people laugh. Your job is to amaze. Your job is to impress. Your job is to glamorize and everything. And it's neither good nor bad. It's like anything you want to be good at, you know? <laughs> But, you know, at, with everything, there's, there's, a, there's a gift and there's the curse, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just earlier this year, we lost Chester Pennington of Linkin Park, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was tragic. And I'm like, and everybody keeps asking, <laughs> like, well, he was on top of the world and he had all these millions of fans. And, like, you know, what, what did he have to complain about? Mm. It's not that easy. Don't judge people. Lady Don't. Gaga has said from time to time and even recently how she's got access to everything but yet she feels like the most lonely person on the planet i know right and it's amazing that you think like you said you know you have everything at your disposal you have money wealth fame blah 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 blah. but the reality is not so much you know if you really use all of that still can't continue to fill the gaping hole that's in our hearts there you go there's so much going on into the human condition and the human emotion and realize that we are people and we're all in this together. And it's unfortunate to realize that, you know, even with the fame and fortune can come a lot of loneliness because you realize mm -hmm. that my purpose, if you will, is to entertain you. <laughs> but aside from that, once that role 
is filled, off you go, off to the next thing, and I'm still alone. Yeah, I did my job, right. but at the same time, I'm still very much alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's stress, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's something that, you know, that is very real. And this is something we're realizing. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Williams, Chester Pennington. Wow, you know, you're, man. Seymour Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman really was a hit, hit, right. hit, hit a lot of people hard. You did not yeah, see it. Wow. Well, you never see it coming, but Seymour Robin Hoffman. Williams. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's yeah. like, you know, the it's the quintessential parody of, you know, the sad clown. Mm-hmm. He was like the epitome of laughter. Like you think about comedy, you just think about, you know, Disney's genie. You just think, oh, yeah, Robin Williams, you know, Patch Adams. You know, just think about Peter Pan and you think about all these great stand-up. Like if you've never listened to it, Robin Williams at the Met. Oh, my God. It's one of the classics. It's one of the yes. classics. It's definitely, mm-hmm. it's definitely a classic. Mm-hmm. But definitely. Well, gosh, you said genie. Wow. Do you? Re- well, do, speaking of genie, how about that genie movie that Sinbad was in? Did you like that? Do you remember that? I don't. I don't. Mm. I'd have to go back in my archives. Like, you know, I really don't. Sinbad had a genie movie. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I, I am messing with you because there are <laughs> millions of people around the world that remember seeing Sinbad in a movie where he played a, gen- a genie. The movie was called Shazam. But the Whoa! Movie, the m- ah! See? Okay. Okay. The movie never existed. Are you serious right now? Just throw a little word out there, a little phrase out there called Mandela effect. I'm Ted serious. Ask wow. your friends. Don't don't tell them what you're doing. Ask them. Uh-huh. Hey, remember that that Shazam movie with Sinbad? You know when he was a genie, and people are gonna be like, "Oh man, that was awesome. That was totally funny." Yeah, he had the pants and the blah and the blah and the blah. Funny. Yeah, it never existed. Never existed. You just pulled a fast one on me here. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> That Dude, was cool. there's so much of that. It's it's crazy. It's totally crazy because I remember seeing the article going, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, what do you mean it never happened? What? It never happened. Mm-hmm. Fabrication. Mm-hmm. It's just like just plant a couple of words and you realize that. Did you just mess with me right now? Yeah, you just plant. That's inception right there. Right there. Dude, that's inception. seriously. That is such seriously. inception. And there's a lot of that going on because... And that that is a very good uh, aspect of how you should always question the information that you receive. Exactly. Not just online, not just in printed form, not just through the word of mouth. You should always question mm-hmm. the information that we receive because it's so easy just to go off on just you know just a tidbit mm-hmm. of what you think is fact, and then you just run with it. And always then you're question. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. If I had known, well, the information is there. It's yours to validate. Or, you know, the information is there. I'm like, what? You know, gotcha. there's. Yeah, you have to. You definitely have to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throw one at you because you know this is us basically. You know, just us. You know, just catching up. So again, it's always nice to to hear from you, man. Um, first of all, mm-hmm. it's like you know, it's good to it's good to see you. It really is. It really is good to see you and to catch up again. And for, <laughs> if anybody who wasn't like you know off when we were just like you know just off uh, the broadcast, David and I just realized that we have not recorded anything in over three years. The last posting, the last posting and the first iteration of this podcast was on dated on the blog and August 2nd, 2014, three years, three years. And I'm really using it's crazy. (laughs) And I'm really using this opportunity to let people know. And something that we always say 
and in terms of vulnerability and just admitting where you are and not just looking back in regret, but always taking into account that, you know what, circumstances happen, life happens and everything. There are unfortunate circumstances, mm -hmm. but time flies and you have a choice every day in every way to make the most of the day. You know, I'm thinking about, okay, in three years, think about how much you could have gotten done, you know, with a little bit more focus, a little bit more opportunity, a little less fear, you know, because fear is a very big, you know, hindrance in that way. Mm -hmm. But it's very important, you know, to take into account that, you know what? Hey, never lose sight of the things that matter. And the things that don't matter, just let them go. Let, leave them where they lay. The past is the past, you know? So, you know, it's just, it's, it's an eye-opener. It's an eye-opener. So, but it's, hey, these things happen. It's okay, but we're here. We're here. <laughs> That's what matters. That is definitely what matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to throw at you, because I was thinking about this as I was preparing, you know, just to, just to get together, because this is basically just us catching up. But here's something that happened. It's really funny, but I know you have your word to put in on this. So a couple of weeks ago, give or take two or three weeks, on every Saturday morning, I take my daughter to a ballet class, all right? And uh, the studio space that the school rents out is basically, you know, for, it's a dance studio. So it's not just for her dance class. So different groups, different troops, you know, rent out the space depending on the slot. And uh, this lady came in all panicked and stuff, putting up like, you know, posters and flyers and talking to different parents like, um, hey, um, last week I came in and uh, um, I, I left two hard drives and uh, I spoke with, with the owner of the place and the janitor apparently threw away my hard drives in the trash and I couldn't find them. And I just wanted to uh, just uh, <laughs> I'm putting up posters and just like, you know, offering a $250 reward. And just because like, you know, this it, it's not even about the money. And if you've seen it or if you have any idea, if you see it throughout, throughout your course or anything during the class or anywhere, they're like two very orange boxes, two hard drives. And, and, we're, and the parents and our the parents basically are just, you know, being very courteous, like, yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, leave us your coordinates if we see anything we'll be happy to fill you out and i just walk in and my photography you know uber backup guy kicks in and i have to ask her like, okay, <laughs> what exactly was on it oh no it's a project you know it's a, it's a creative project i'm working on it's five years of my life and i'm like Ooh. five years of your life and i have to stay polite david i had to stay polite but in the back of my head i was like yeah you have no backup what are you doing with five years of your life on two single hard drives which you're leaving in a public space i don't i'm i'm trying yeah, to maintain yeah. my composure esquire i'm trying to maintain my composure how many times mm -hmm. have we talked about you need backups the back up backups we're yeah. talking about backups how do <laughs> how do we still need to be saying this in 2017 i'm sorry i you have no excuse i'm sorry Five years of your life. How? <laughs> Excuse me. Unless, of course, it's a Mac, then um, no, no. Mm, no, I didn't know. I, I, I don't know. No. I don't know. In this, no. I, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm trying no. to understand. I'm trying to find a way that would justify. No, no, no. no. There's no, no reason. No. Mm -mm. There's no, no reason whatsoever. There's no excuse. Now I have to uh, ask you: Did you see the self-serving deal that Facebook inked with Universal? No. Mm. Okay, about a, a few weeks ago, Facebook mm -hmm. announced that they would be providing music for Facebook creators. So, yay! I'm very excited about that. Yay me! Yay okay. everybody else! And 
they announced, I saw it just before we started talking uh, tonight, that Facebook inked a deal with Universal Music Group. So basically, creators on Facebook and Instagram and then Oculus VR will have mm -hmm. access to Universal Music Group's library of artists. Okay. We're talking about, she gives me money. She's a gold that, digger. That's a catalog. Dude, huge catalog. We're talking Kanye and just thousands and thousands and thousands of other artists. Mm -hmm. And basically, Facebook, part of their intention is so they don't have to continually deal with copyright takedown notices, blah, 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 mm -hmm. which is super, super awesome. Go Facebook for that. And mm -hmm. it also puts them in a position to where the ability to monetize videos that have more popular mainstream artists on it Okay. are going to increase because they already monetize their videos with ads on the sides, things okay. like that. In fact, watch on Facebook, which is basically going to be cloning YouTube, has impacted YouTube in such a way that YouTube announced just, I think, about a week and a half or two weeks ago mm -hmm. that going into 2018, they'll be raising their rates approximately 20%, maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower, but they said generally 20%, they're going to be raising their advertising rates for Yeesh. YouTube. Which okay. means watch on Facebook and Facebook in general has really just taken the dagger, shoved it in, and has started to twist it. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty interesting to see that. But considering that Facebook has leveraged their power with a very huge library of content for its creators is far better than a lot of the music that we have available to us on YouTube. And I'm not bagging on YouTube. There's some great artists that are on there. There really, really are. But the, the breadth of the music that we have to choose from and the artists that we have to choose from is significantly a lot more limited than Universal Music Group. Universal Music Group. Mm -hmm. And let alone people are going to understand, or not understand, but they're going to recognize, excuse me, the artists that are going to be used for content on Facebook as opposed to some of the artists that I've used on YouTube. I mean, there's okay. beautiful songs, great content, but when somebody can go, hey, I know that, instead of going, oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. They're going to really connect to it, and that's going to be huge. It's all about huge. aggregation. It's all about Dude. aggregation because Facebook recognizes the fact. Facebook, and this has not been a secret for the Zuckerbergs of this world, that you know they want to be the one-stop portal for everything. In, every, in terms of connection and communication, they want to be your portal for everything, whether it's your news aggregator, whether it's your connections or communication with Facebook Messenger, whether it's your photo aggregator for all the photos that you share, because let's admit it, everybody shares their photos on facebook you know yeah everybody and now you know when you when you have a youtube link with an artist's music on there there might be again the copyright notices takedowns but if if facebook can leverage the catalog of umg and tell mm -hmm. creators like you know hey we don't mind you making you know your custom videos you know with a particular artist you know if you want to put kanye on there hey now you can you don't just you don't, you don't have to link your YouTube page. Just make a Facebook video and upload Bingo. it. And Bingo. Totally fine. Totally fine. Bingo. It's a great pull. Mm -hmm. It's a great pull. But yeah, I was excited when they announced providing music for Facebook creators because right away, when they announced Watch on Facebook, I thought, oh my gosh, there goes YouTube Red. There goes mm -hmm. a lot of the things that are on YouTube. And I thought, okay, that's that's brilliant. That's totally brilliant. But then when they announced that they were going to be providing music my antennas, my, my creative antennas went up. It's like straight up. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to be making some changes going into 2018. Mm -hmm. And that really, I mean, 
there are advertisers that are now starting to pull from um, Snapchat because Instagram is totally torn apart Snapchat. And now with Facebook providing music, dude, it's like you said, the one-stop portal. And it really is. It's becoming just an entire universe on its own. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be that long. It's not going to be that long. And this is what's going on. There's, there's a lot of aggravation <laughs> going on. I love to use that word because people are gravitating towards, because as human beings, we just want simplicity. Nobody wants to be you know, spread out or spread around thin. You just yeah. want it simple. You just want one place, one-stop shop. Gone are the days where, okay, I have to be on Facebook. I have to be on Twitter. And I've told this to a lot of people. There's nothing wrong with being on Twitter. There's nothing wrong with being on Google+. Plus. Rest in peace. There's nothing wrong with being on Facebook <laughs> or Snapchat. Or what, what, I had to say it. I had to say it. You know, it's still good. It's still there for some people. But unfortunately, I don't know what happened. You know, it was hot and then it dipped. You know, but Facebook. Well, hmm? but Google Plus still gets basically, it's, it's pulled in with your results. You can still drop hashtags on your content. I mean, Duran Duran still puts content on YouTube. There's still a lot of massive artists that still put content on, on not YouTube, excuse me, on Google+, Google Plus for the simple fact that it is recognized in the search results. It does okay. get pulled. It does and get there pulled. have been times I've shared content, and then a few days later or a week later, I'll just be doing a search and just for the heck of it, see how well the content did. And it's like, oh, all right, I've I'm on the first page because of that. I do try that because I don't really focus too much on the stats <laughs> or the aggregation, but sometimes I do play around with it. Sometimes I'll push out a blog post or a podcast, mm -hmm. and I'll just like whether it's on Twitter or directly on the blog, on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Google Plus, and I'll see. Okay, let's see what happens. I'll give it a week. I'll give it a week and see. Okay, and then through the blog post, I'll just see. Okay, you receive pings from this website, this website, this website, and then depending, of course, on the con there are a lot of factors. But you do see that, you know, depending on the time, and this is not news, SEO, it just <laughs> happens. Me. There's a different formula that works for you. But mm -hmm. so far, Google Plus, I still like Google Plus. I like it. I like it. It's just unfortunately, it's not, it didn't hit the mark with, you know, the general public as it used to be. I think it was more of a yeah. niche product. It still is. I think it's, it's still a niche platform that it's still, you know, not understood as well as, you know, the fine folks at Google wanted it to be. But right. it's still, it's still there. But you know, it's not what it used to be. But the photographers are still there, though. Yeah, yes. there's a lot. There's a very big active photography community. Huge, there for sure. huge. For sure. There's still a very large uh, community on Google Plus. And on one of the things I really enjoy about Google Plus is that I can have a fairly intelligent conversation, mm -hmm. or flat out a really good intelligent conversation with other like-minded or other non-like-minded individuals around the world. And you don't have to worry about a bunch of people getting butthurt. There you go. Where is that's really awesome. I have abandoned many groups on Facebook because people just their egos and their sensitivity levels are just way too hyper for me. It happens handle. a lot. It, it really does. Lot. And so it's nice to be able to have sometimes a more intelligent conversation, a little more meaty conversation with other people. And, and you can get to the end of a thread and go, you know what? That was pretty intense. Was I agree to disagree. We can continue going on our merry way and we can continue sharing content we and nobody is going to be hurt. Yeah. Nobody's going to be hurt. Nobody's going to be hurt. I believe Guy mm -hmm. Kawasaki put it best in his, uh, in his book about Google plus cause he's always been the early adopter. Um, and way back when, uh, in his book, what the plus he basically put it, Facebook <laughs> is for friends and family and yes. Google plus is for passions. So you will yes. find like me, I'm an Archie fan. I'm a comic book fan. I will find Archie comics groups. 
I will find mm-hmm. photography groups. I'll find, you know, people from the islands or people from the Caribbean or, you know, people who live in Montreal <laughs> with two kids. You know, t- there's different types of groups for different types of people. And I love that. Facebook, as you said, really does get very intense for whatever reason. You know, you don't understand, I don't understand. why. No. I don't understand why, but on Facebook, there will be a lot more flame wars going on than on Google+. Plus. I, I don't flame get it. Flame wars. <laughs> I yes. haven't heard that in a long time. Geek. Flame wars. I've just dated mm-hmm. myself. I've just dated myself. No, you're just, you're just you know, you're, you're definitely a, um, a bookworm like me. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Dude, seriously. The, the, seriously. So did you see the, uh, the Google Pixel beat out the iPhone? I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. That was inter- intense. And the Razer phone is making significant improvements to their camera, especially after um, MQHD dropped mm-hmm. his really awesome but critical review of that mm-hmm. particular phone. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about the quality of it and the battery and everything like that. And then he just kind of went, and then there's the camera. And <laughs> he just kind of went like that. And it's like, oh. Because phones over the past couple of years have definitely, you know, hit the nail on the head in terms of what users want and what users need. And it's definitely become kind of a tailor-made industry in terms of it's not just about, you know, just the pretty face and the pretty hands. Oh, it's so shiny. It's so pretty. It's so fast. No. What does it do what I need it to do? you know, within my particular type of environment and what type of yes. user I am. I have nothing against iPhones. I really don't. You know, my I wife uses an iPhone. So definitely not a problem. See? And then you can do the entire broadcast on the phone. And that's totally great. I have nothing against iPhones. But, you know, I my wife uses an iPhone. I use it. I use an Android phone. I'm more geeky that way. I like to tinker, you know. And there are certain things I don't want to mess around with with my phone. But that doesn't mean I'm running this broadcast on an iMac. See? So it definitely, I'm not against, you know, brand friendly whatsoever. But Google has definitely made a great, great, great uh, realization with this, with the Pixel. It's a beautiful yeah. phone. It's a powerful phone. It's definitely, you know, something that they should definitely be proud of because they've made some significant progress from the first iterations of the first Google phone to now. We've definitely oh, seen you know, it's night and day, night and day, definitely. Mm-hmm. But Apple is still riding on the wave of their popularity because it's still the highest selling phone ever. You know, historically speaking, it's definitely a brand, uh, a, a trend setting, yeah. a trend setting device. It definitely reshaped the entire landscape of, you know, um, phone technology. You know, definitely a lot of people have had to ride that wave and say like, huh, they're not the first one that came out with touch technology, but they're yeah. the, the ones that really pushed yeah. it out in a very, you know, powerfully, you know, yes. you know, you know, social impact way. Cause you're just talking about the iPhone is just so omnipresent now, you know, it's hard to remember the time without the iPhone. So I definitely well, have to give them props to that. And the iDevices in general have really stepped up their game while you can't do everything on an iPhone or an iPad pro. There's been a huge paradigm shift for me where sadly, my iPad or my MacBook Pro, the video card uh, decided even after Apple replaced it under warranty, Mm -hmm. the video card went belly up and they don't service this particular Mac because it's just a pinch over five years old and bummer. But here's what's crazy is that it has forced me to break away from that. And while I'm really struggling using my old PC notebook, which blows, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's forced me to use my iPhone and my iPad Pro significantly more for mm-hmm. a lot of my everyday tasks, which would be email, content uh, absorption, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's been huge. Even uh, video editing. I got tired the other night of waiting for a segment of one of my videos to finish rendering. And I was just like, whatever. And I just grabbed the footage, dumped it into my iPhone, my Mm -hmm. 7 Plus, did the cut on the iPhone 7 Plus in like five minutes. And while it was still rendering on the PC. And it's like, I'm not... Yeah, now it's it's a very powerful... I mean, it's, it's wicked powerful for a PC. But again, it's I needed something that's going to go faster and I needed the tools to be ready at my disposal. And while I've got sure. you know, the creative cloud suite and blah, 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 I still can just basically do my simple edits on the iPhone and iMovie, boom, 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 done. And then throw it up on YouTube instantly. And that's just really, that's the direction it's going. I mean, AirPods, iPhone, Joby GorillaPod, the, mm-hmm. which I uh, forgot which one, the Focus, the really big one. Mm-hmm the Joby mount and then sitting next to me, you know, just iPad pro. Uh-huh. That's really it. I mean, that's pretty much it. what you can take with you now. So people that think that you have to have all the latest and the greatest, I'm still using the seven plus. I'm too mm-hmm. afraid to get the, the yeah. iPhone 10. Cause it's the most breakable phone on the planet right now. Yeah. I saw that. It's, like, I'm always, I've never been an early adopter. I always like to let the people like, you know, run out of the gate. Okay. Go make the few mistakes, you know, go mm-hmm. through a few, you know, two, two or three updates. And yes. then maybe, or just maybe I'll just look at it like, huh, you guys mm-hmm. still have that one. Okay, maybe right now I'm ready to go. You know? Yes, but yes, this I'm, time I'm, I'm early, that. I'm never an early adopter. I've always, I've learned through experience. Like you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt to be a laggard. Um, that which is a marketing <laughs> term. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's still a gonna laggard. be around. It's definitely yeah. I learned that term when I was in marketing. Where I was uh, studying marketing. The guy was such it was so impactful. I still remember him, Mr. Soroka. It was so fun. He made marketing so fun. Like a lot of economic terms, but. His class was definitely uh was, was something special. He was he was a special guy, special guy. But cool. definitely, we're almost at the end of the year, Sir David. It's crazy. 20, 2018 is almost here. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. It's been a great. It's been a good. How's uh how how's um any particular weddings that stood out uh, this year? Are you happy? You know, so far, what's twenty eighteen looking at? Because I saw on Facebook you even got weddings through twenty nineteen. Dude, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's, I, I just very much surprised on how that's happening. Uh, this year I didn't push for weddings really at all. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do more commercial work over the past couple of years and I have Mm -hmm. been, and then I just started missing weddings. I started missing the couples. I started missing the fun, the excitement, the planning, the dress, the, just the clothes, just, and (laughs) now here's, what's really awesome. Seriously. Is that, more and more, I'm, I'm seeing the trend. It's like, instead of saying, well, we only have 20 minutes to do our portraits and our family portraits and everything else. It's like mm-hmm. one of my lovely brides, Jolita, she's added on an additional hour just for mm-hmm. her portraits. Whoa. And on the wedding day. So now we have two hours for portraits. For portraits. On her, for her portraits on her wedding day. Wow. Yes, I am I'm like blown away. That's um, big. Yeah. It's, it's really, really huge. Um, she's even added an additional uh, chunk of time for her engagement shoot. And she emailed me. We're, 
I want to tell you what we're doing, but we're live. But let's but just say Disney's okay. going to be jealous. Disney's <laughs> going to be jealous of what we're doing for her engagement shoot. <laughs> and it's going to require a significant amount of time. But, um, um, you know, sleigh bells jingling. You know, that's, you know, things like that. You know, like, nay, I say anymore. Um, you know, just, I feel so like exciting. I have to just. My my voice is very hoarse today, um, <laughs> so not trying to drop too many hints. It's okay. Um, <laughs> that is so exciting. Is um, so cool. I know I, I read the email maybe a couple of hours ago. She, I'm just like, you're cruel, Jolita. You're really cruel. And uh, then I had a meeting at the poorhouse in downtown Minneapolis mm -hmm. um, with uh, Jenilyn and her fiance Josh for their upcoming wedding and engagement shoot, their wedding next year. And their engagement shoot, they're both professional chefs. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about doing like basically picture David LaChapelle meets Hell's Kitchen. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a great concept. Dude, and the That's stuff intense. we have planned is pretty incredible. So they, of course, they have access to locations and, you know, logistics mm -hmm. and tools and not. Oh, yes. man, that's cool. Yes. That's cool. You're not going to have to do a lot it's, of scouting. Oh, no, we have already started storyboarding their shoot. It's I'm pretty pumped about that. And it's just nuts how I'm seeing the trend to where people aren't just wanting to be more lavish for their weddings, but they actually want better photography. They're really pushing it. And they are. The, the people that are reaching out to me, the couples that are reaching out to me, they're very specific in what they want. They want the more for my style. You know, mm -hmm. Everybody has their own style, but the people that are really connecting with me, they're just like, we fell in love with your work. That's why we hired you. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw it's not so much the personality. They already liked, you know, my, my human cartoon personality, mm -hmm. but the work is what really they were falling in love with. And the to me, that's such nice. a compliment. I got a text message the other day and uh, you know, my bride's just like gushing over the photos. If I could, I'd click through, but I'm on my iPhone right now. <laughs> I can't. But, so there are limitations with your eye devices. Well, <laughs> but basically she's just like this massive text message from her, just really gushing about the work that she's received. And it's just such an honor to be able to have that feedback and, they're booking all the way to 2019 now. And I, I think that's neat. I think that's really neat. That's pretty neat. That is really neat. neat because as again, you keep coming back to something that is essentially important. Always cater to your craft, yes. cater to your client mm -hmm. and the quality and the calls and the emails and the bookings will follow. If you know, like anything else, it's a passion. It's a work of love. And, you know, people learn, learn have learned over the years how to identify quality work from professional work okay it's your word can be good but your work could also be awesome and you know what i'm hearing from you is that definitely people know how to gravitate towards something because again there are different types of photographers for different types of yes. clients oh yeah and as far as you're concerned definitely people know how to recognize your work and what they want definitely mm -hmm. and that's something that photographers need to keep in mind every other year we keep talking about this listen you can no, it's do... every three years, every three, years. <laughs> every three, years. every three years, bro. <laughs> Let's try to correct that. We'll try to adjust that. We'll try to adjust it. We'll try to catch up. But no it's kidding. something that never dies. It's something that never dies in terms of how important it is to cater to your work. Your work has worth, and if you're going to do this seriously, 
you need to be mindful of the fact that, you know, you need to keep yourself tuned. You need to keep your skills on point and you need to cater to your craft. And it's not just about marketing. It's not just like you said about your personality. At the end of the day, they're going to be looking at your work. What have you done? What are you doing? How do you do it differently? And how do you do you? <laughs> Certainly. It's something that's, that's, uh, that's something people need to be mindful yeah. of. No. Dude, even my appearance, I've really decided, like, I've always been the person, I, I used to think there should have been like a typical, like you have to fit within a certain box appearance mm-hmm. as a wedding photographer, just in that particular genre, just in that air, arena. And in Los Angeles and Orange County and other cities that I've shot in, I really just, just dress like me. I mean, this me. You know, this is you. I'm gonna, yeah, this whatever I feel like wearing is whatever I feel like wearing. But there's, mm-hmm. a, it's just that I enjoy dressing in different clothes and stuff like that. And I br- just really want to embrace my heritage, my you know, my family, and started wearing kilts just here in the Twin Cities, here in Minneapolis. And while I thought it wouldn't be received very well, because being the Midwest and Minneapolis <laughs> and significantly more conservative, so I thought compared to like Los Angeles and other cities, dude, I have my, my clients are specifically asking, you're wearing your kilt, right? You're, 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 you're wearing, wearing a kilt. kilt, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And they're like, awesome, because we told like our family you wear a kilt to the wedding and that's how you, that's what you wear when you shoot. And I'm like, Cool. Okay. All right. You know, okay. and, and that's it a really seller. Has taken off. I mean, that's really neat, and I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm. It's just one more way to where, for me, it, I don't want to say it was liberating entirely, but it there was a sense of liberation to where it's just one more way that I'm able to express myself creatively and mm-hmm. personally, and it ties in with not just who I am as a person, but it ties in with who I am as a creative. It ties in with who I am as their photographer that I have. This is how I dress. This is my sense of fashion. We do have this built what that I'm comfortable sense of connection. With. Yes. And they like that. And they like that they have somebody that is going to be themselves. And I really encourage more photographers and filmmakers out there to just continue to just be yourself, just feel as uninhibited with your appearance and your behavior. I mean, within certain parameters. I mean, if you're, you know, a psychotic, you know, mass murdering freak, probably not shooting would be a good thing for you as a career. Probably go get some mental health or something. Get some some counseling. Yes. But I mean, for the people that are out there like yourself and like me, they really need to think about like, do they need to fit within a certain paradigm? Do they need to fit within a certain look? There are other people that I've uh, chatted with here in the city and they're so worried about what other people are going to think. And I'm like, well, if you're worried about what other people are going to think, then worry about what other people are going to think when you're being yourself instead of trying to be something you're not. Be yourself and you'll get those clients. The clients will go, wow, you you dress like a hippie from Woodstock. Cool. Cool. We want to hire you. Cool. You know, that's great. You know, because there are clients who are going to hire a hippie from Woodstock. Yes. And there's and, and the fact that you can be that much more authentic. And that much more true to yourself and and you back it up with your craft you back it up with the mastery to your best of your abilities of what you're doing that's that's what it really you know i, I want to see more of that next year coming out from other photographers i don't want to see I'm, I'm so glad that the, the photoshop action and lightroom preset age uh-huh. is dwindling i'm i'm disgusted that spot color is coming back that's <laughs> Tarted in such a huge way. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, who was it that just did not peak? Okay, yes, 
Peak Design sent out their email for their new contest coming out for their okay. black and white, for their holiday black and white contest. Mm -hmm. And they were very specific. They were like a gray tone, black and white photo only. And I just laughed because I bet that there were some people that were like, it's black and white except for That's his funny. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing when I saw the contest in my email. I was like, great stuff that they're giving away. Wow. But dang. <laughs> it's like, but, that was cool. But you know, the thing is, I don't, I, I, it's, it's going to sound very pompous <laughs> of me. But uh, bless you. It's going to sound very pompous. But I don't know. I don't dig contests because I don't think I'd rather seek out a mentor or a like-minded peer or somebody whose work I respect and say, okay, let's critique our image together. But a contest, I don't know, because I believe art is so relative, it's subjective, right? you know, right. I don't, I don't know. It's not, everybody wants recognition. Everybody wants, you know, to know that, Oh God, great image. I was like, that was awesome. But to my core as a creative, I don't know because I don't know, I've become too philosophical about things, but I genuinely don't care, you know, enough. People do, no. and that's okay. But as far as contests are concerned, I, I think it's, it, personally, it's a waste of time. That's just, that's I, just um, me. That's it, just me. I don't a point, know. Yes, I, to a point, I totally agree with that. I think that if it's more of a legitimate uh, submission, like at WPPI, to where they really do buckle down, on what is being submitted and the parameters of what has to be submitted. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's fantastic. Uh, David, um, oh gosh, not David Beckham, David Beckstead, uh, mm -hmm. who was with Pictage for many, many years, he ran a contest once. And it was like the one time I submitted my work and I, and I won, which I thought was hilarious. It was for movement. And I okay. had a beautiful engagement portrait with a Ferris wheel in the background spinning, mm -hmm. dragged the shutter a little bit. I, I thought it was a beautiful picture. And I won. And while I was excited that I won, I thought that there were there were other pieces that were better than mine. And that wasn't me being a you know a critic of my own work. I just saw that I thought that there were other pieces that were significantly better. And there weren't really any parameters other than just it was him deciding what he thought was the more aesthetically pleasing photo. Okay. He said, Your yours is the best out of all of them. But a contest that they have the contest that they have within WPPI, I think mm -hmm. they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's some amazing work. And I thought it was really interesting that some people um, several years ago started to submit their work with like the iPhone three GS and stuff like that. And yeah, it's amazing. And Gary Fong is proof that you can do a lot more with the smaller sensors as well because He's not a big fan of these big, ginormous sensors. He's like, no, he's not. I shoot with a Fuji, you know, and that's awesome. And he uses a crop sensor sometimes. And he's got the big stuff as well. But if you know what you're doing and you've got a rig that's got great dynamic range and you know how to exploit that dynamic range, you can get really good work and then you can submit it. And if you've got something that's technically accurate, but you need a little more guidance, then yes, that's a great opportunity. But now you're, you're talking about like learning from a mentor. What do you think about the most amazing, not one, the most amazing, one of the most amazing photographers in the world to me, uh, Annie Leibovitz with the masterclass. She finally dropped it. And I, I fell flat on my face. I fell flat on my face. I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. First of all, I wasn't expecting it because I'm like, they covered so many things within the artistic realm. You've got Herbie mm -hmm. Hancock teaching you jazz. You've got, uh, 
I was going to say Kevin Spacey, but I took that one down, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson teaches you acting, mm-hmm. and you got so many other people, like, you know, David Mamet teaches you screenwriting. You've got uh, Ron Howard teaches you directing. I'm like, somebody's going to do a mm-hmm. photography class. Somebody's going to do a photography class. They've got, um, what's his name, teaches you cooking, Gordon Ramsay. I'm like, somebody's going to do a photography class. It's going to come out. And then I saw Leibovitz. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, it was oh, like, oh, boy. Take my I money. Flipped. <laughs> I, flipped. I flipped. Like, take, take, take my money. It's like, take it. Mm-hmm. Take my money now. It's, but, it's. Can you imagine, dude? It's get. It got a bad review. Somebody over at um, wrote an article, I think, for Photo JoJo, or um, is it Photo JoJo or not Photo JoJo? Petapixel. Mm-hmm. I think it was Petapixel. Somebody did an article on Petapixel, and. I I couldn't bring myself to read the article. I thought it might have just been like somebody bashing it, but they gave it like three stars, and I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if it was just I, I'll have to read the article first of all. I'm just again going off of the headline because nowadays we're all just a bunch of headline readers, anyways. Mm-hmm. But the I'm wondering if the writer was you know significantly more advanced than what the class is intended for because to be able to learn the rudimentary skills about photography from one of the most prolific and amazing photographers that set the stage on so many different levels for photography and the industry as a whole i think that's a fantastic opportunity but if if they're a master at their craft and they're thinking they're going to learn something that's going to just like blow their mind how in the world are you going how where else in the world going to have access to annie leibovitz if you exactly If you give two cents about photography, whether as a total novice, even somebody curious, Mm -hmm. even if you're an accomplished professional, just doing good work wherever you are in the world. Say I'm a photographer from South Africa. I've never been to the state. How in the world am I going to have access to Annie Leibovitz on any given given day? Even if it's just anywhere in the world. I'm sorry. You have access to Annie Leibovitz. Like, can Mm -hmm. we be at least grateful to the fact that she's willing to give off her skill and time and knowledge and involvement to create this masterclass for you. Let's just be recognize this for two seconds for two seconds. But I'm looking at the article right now and you're right. Big headline. Anna Leibovitz's masterclass is a disappointment, right? Two and a half stars out of five. Oh, is it two and a half stars now? Two and a half stars out of five. Ooh, 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 because it was, when it first dropped, it had like three and a half stars. Now it's down to two and a half stars. Two and a half stars you know, right off the Petapixel website. But there's, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, these are people that are, they've been in the industry forever, and they pretty much know, I don't want to say know everything, it's impossible, but to know a good, fair amount of what it is to be a great photographer or to be a solid photographer, competent, mm-hmm. that may not be the class for them. But like you said, I mean, Dude, if I knew how to do any type of musical instrument and to be able to learn from like Herbie Hancock, uh, yeah, definitely one of the most iconic sure. pianists, jazz pianists ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, uh, like it's he's we're still still so lucky to have him around. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock teaches jazz? Herbie Hancock, yeah, come on, and it's, Dude. <laughs> it's like what would you want? Mm-hmm. But I'm That'd just be like reading... Nick Fleet with teaching you drums. Can you seriously, yeah. can you imagine? And I'm just reading, I'm just really sifting through it here, but this is what, what I'm, I'm catching a few hints here. This is not, um, which I just lost, I just scrolled down, I'm sorry here. I just saw something that really made me flip here. Uh, it's more, okay, this is not how Annie Leibovitz shoots class. It's a how Annie Leibovitz thinks and feels discussion. Well, duh, that's a good portion of photography. 
that is how else are you going to learn I'm like okay you i don't like how annie leibovitz shoots i'm not trying to recreate annie leibovitz's work i'm trying that's to get already been done. that's already been done <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right it's, it's gonna pain me to read this it's really going to pain me to read this see that's why i couldn't bring myself to read it because part of me is just like you know what that's somebody else's opinion I don't care. That's fine. It's just there like Star Wars is getting terrible reviews right now. I'm still going to go see it. I'm going to find the time some way to go check it out. You know, you're probably going to laugh at me, but I do not watch trailers anymore. Anyway, for just like for big movies mm-hmm. that I, I yes. do not watch trailers anymore, mm-hmm. whether it's for big com- like comic book movies or mm-hmm. whatever. I want to go back to a simpler time. I'm an 80s kid, so we didn't have <laughs> trailers back then. The only trailers I caught was in the theater. You had like yes. you know, three trailers max before you got to the movie. And okay, you just watched the movie. I like to be pleasantly surprised. And I've been going through this experience for the past year. Yes. You know, the big movies, we can talk about, you know, the, um, the Rogue One. We're talking about stories like Rogue One, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like X-Men, everything. It's just you name it, no trailers. And you just walk in there. And you're just pleasantly surprised. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. that was actually fun. I did not know what to expect. There were certain things I'm like, okay, I could have done right. without that extra 30 minutes. But overall, I had a lot of fun watching this. This was actually fun. You know, yes. I don't need mm-hmm. 50,000 two and a half minute teaser trailers. How is it a <laughs> teaser if it's two and a half? I don't, I don't get it. Overly mm-hmm. sport, I, I don't, you know. The last, I haven't seen any of them. I don't. I don't, I don't, and every time I see, I finally see the movie, I just wait. You liked it? It was totally, but no, it wasn't. I, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. Maybe you had different expectations because mm-hmm. you saw so many trailers going through. But you, <laughs> you know, see like 30 minutes of trailers before you even see the movie. So like, you're, no, people need to remember that trailers are an advertisement to get your butt in the seat. So mm-hmm. they're going to do whatever they need to do because the studios are spending a lot of money to get you in there. Okay, seriously. But, but well, I really have you don't... seen? There is a trailer I did recently watch. I have to confess, there was one I did recently watch, and the it's the new Steven Spielberg movie that's coming out next year. It's like uh, Ticket One or something like that. Oh man, ah, I just I just drew a blank, and I actually shared it. Are you incepting uh, me right now, Esquire? Pardon? Are you? No, getting... no, 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 no. I actually, I actually watched the trailer the other day, and I and I referenced it uh, in a letter that I wrote as well, just a couple days ago. But there's a new Steven Spielberg movie coming out next year, okay. and it's about AI and virtual realities and things like that. And there is a sci-fi version. Ready of... Player One. There you go, Ready Player One, and the music that's in the preview that I watched. And at first I was like, what is this? Because it was a compilation of all these different movies that are coming out next year. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been in the theater in a while. What's Mm -hmm. coming out? And the music in it is actually a sci-fi version of the Willy Wonka theme song. Oh. Dude, you'll have to listen to it. Don't listen to it now because Mm -hmm. you're copyright. But listen to that. And it's right away I caught it in like the first few bars. And I'm like, Dude, that's Willy Wonka. And I'm like, really hold wonky. on, pull that back. Listen to it again. That's Willy Wonka. I'm like, right on. Like, and I see why they used that part. Or if they didn't like blatantly use it, which to me it was, then they um, were inspired by it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the uh, the Tom Hanks movie 
um, where he goes to Saudi Arabia. And I remember the, it's like in the very first like eight minutes of the movie, I shared it on social media earlier this year when I had it on in the background and I was editing. And I'm sitting here and all of a sudden it's like, I heard this. And I'm like, they're playing Planet Earth in the background of this movie. Wow. Blatant ripoff. But, and there was what? no credit to Duran Duran in the movie at all. Where was I reading that in the soundtrack and inception, when you hear that really gothic music, like really deep horns and like that really epic music that that characterizes the entire movie is actually mm -hmm. that same soundtrack. No, rien de rien, but it's really a distorted version of, you know, that track that they used to actually wake up like the kick, but yes. it's actually a con oh, distorted yeah. version. Yes, exactly. I was looking for the name. Edith Piaf. That's no exactly. way. Yes, Looking it is. Rose by Edith Piaf. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes. is. It's totally my video. Definitely. It's a distorted version of the kick music. It's actually Edith Piaf, but I don't remember. Where, I think it was a Google Talk where the gentleman was actually explaining the entire setup okay. of Inception, but he actually played it twice to actually make us understand how what you're listening is actually Edith Piaf. It's the distorted score of the same track they use for the kick music. Oh, nobody nobody wow. realizes it. You think it's basically like some Hans Zimmer Just type rah. of rock. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's that song, but totally distorted. It's amazing. Music is so, so <laughs> emotional. It's such an emotional thing. But before I forget, you definitely should watch, if you're a music <laughs> fan, you should definitely watch Baby Driver. If you've heard of it, really? Baby Driver. It's a really no. fun, really whimsical. It came out this year. It's about the, this kid who has an ear condition. Basically, there's, uh, he's got tendonitis. And um, basically, he's an escape driver for con artists. So basically, they just go do mm -hmm. a holdup, but he's the driver. But how he uses it, he has a soundtrack that he uses to when he's doing heists. So, but the way oh, he wow. drives to the beat of whatever's playing in his head. And he's got really... It's, it's the soundtrack. <laughs> it's the soundtrack... <laughs> follows the interview you know just see like you're supposed to she gave me money and then you see like mm -hmm. you know bags of money it's it's so well choreographed nice. it's so well you know shot for a movie it's beautiful it's a really simple story you've seen it before like you know okay you know antagonist he just drives you know he just drives <laughs> but, you know and then he gets caught up in stuff i'm not spoiling anything it's a real fun whimsical movie but for the musical aspect it's definitely worth watching it's a great it was a really fun discovery baby driver see it that was my review ladies and gentlemen so speaking of discovery what sure. do you think will be the uh, skipping gear and everything else because gear is just there needs to be a significant leapfrog moment in gear and i, I definitely see uh sony doing a lot of that to crush canon and icon oh but yeah outside outside of gear what do you think are going to be some discovery moments going into 2018 do you sure. think that there are some people that are kind of tinkering with stuff i mean you know we got trey who's always doing the hdr and we've got a lot of people that are doing things and outside of spot coloring <laughs> <laughs> you tell i absolutely despise it <laughs> yeah it's, it's oh. not my thing it's not my thing i see either. there's a lot of experimentation going on with vr i don't know what it is i think virtual reality is is closer than we think um, there's a lot of experimentation going on behind the labs, not just not directly to the consumer. Oculus Rift was a nice jump for like, you know, just giving it access, accessibility to the consumer. Right. But every time I see something accessible to consumer, I always think about what's going on behind the scenes <laughs> and what type of technology is already being tested. Um, for 2018, 
for 2018. What um, about this? Mm. Virtual reality. We had uh, tinkered around on, oh gosh, I, I, it's one of the VR sets, um, Vive or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty beefy. We um, had it over here. Christine's daughter's boyfriend brought over his uh, setup. And there's like the poles that you have to set up with the actual infrared beams that it tracks your body with the, the uh, grips and everything. I mean, it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I thought was interesting was that you can access your entire computer's menu in it. You're, you can look at your entire Windows 10 menu on it. Oh, dear. You can, you can go ahead and use your remotes, very much like the movie Lawnmower Man and mm-hmm. everything else. You can touch it on the screen and be able to be in that particular virtual environment, but then using your computer. And I was asking if it's possible to even use Photoshop or Lightroom, and he said yes. And then I had seen with the new what was it the new um alien movie that came out Uh recently how they were editing a statue that was going to be 3d printed but they were creating it with a vr environment so the artist was using all of his tools and and gadgets and remotes but he was using it with his grips in the vr environment do you think that that is going to be a direction where we may be starting to enter that realm next year Oh yeah, I definitely see it. I definitely see it because James Cameron proved to us that you know you can use CGI in so many different ways, not just to make a you know fantastically you know you know beautifully visually pleasing movie. Okay, let's set aside the script, but Avatar was a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, test to when the technology is used right and to its full right. potential, you can create amazing things. And 3D printing has definitely made a step up because, like, you know, that's that's not, you know, set aside from fidget spinners, but a lot of people are buying 3D printers right now. Everybody wants to 3D print something. So it's it's not it's not gonna be too long until you know we're in a in a stage where we can interact with our devices in a much more interactive way. Um, you know, people are trying out, you know, just just the simple mindset of putting a VR headset on somebody who's otherwise physically disabled and that person can transport an avatar to say, I don't know, the Louvre museum in Paris. Right. And, you know, you're using your the avatar Louvre, to walk, <laughs> you know, to basically walk around. You're using an, an, I could say a combination of Google maps and, you know, type of transportation. You're transporting your avatar into the actual museum. You imagine right. if you had a 3d rendering of the museum and just walking around there with the actual paintings and photos and everything. I don't believe that's that, you know, it's that far, you know, um, you know, there are a lot it of might things. start next year. I mean, do you think next year, it, next year, I mean, a lot uh, of experimentation going on, right? A now. lot of exper- experimentation going on. Um, I believe there, uh, what's really happening right now. And I'm seeing it through all the and gadgets and, you know, the life hacker articles and Ars Technica bots and automation. A lot of that is happening, and a lot of that is happening. Uh, a lot of people are testing it. It's not just, you know, just Google Google Autos and just, you know, in the streets of San Francisco. There's a lot going on with automation where we're just taking out the entire human interaction and just <laughs> leaving it up to the algorithm and the servers and just making it happen. And I believe we're going to see a very, very important shift in terms of presence of automation into our daily lives. I believe 2018 is going to be a, another chapter into that, where you're slowly going to start to adapt to the fact that, you know what, 
slowly and surely let's leave it up to the bots uh it's it's yeah. definitely something we're going to see definitely i'm not i'm i don't i don't think that's far that's really far 2018 is going to be a very opening chapter to that and walmart even made an announcement recently how they're going to be testing new stores next year where they will be cashier free and it will be more of just your you walk through the store and you do your own thing and the interesting thing is, is that there was a company out of the UK that went to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, fresh and easy. And there would be maybe two employees in the entire grocery store that would be working. And they're just there to help clean up a spill or whatever. But you walk in, you pick out your groceries, you self-check out, you leave. Wow. And Walmart's talking about doing more of that next year to where a lot, like you're talking a lot of this automation could definitely be changing uh, not only the way that we live our lives personally, but it could be changing in the way our, we're actually conducting ourselves professionally because now Google has dropped their AI to where it'll automatically edit your photos for you. And I'm starting to see a lot of people sharing their work on mm-hmm. Google Plus and other platforms. And Google edited my photo for me. What do you think? And it's like, well, at that point, is it really your photo? Is it really your photo? If you edit it, like okay, if you if you went like this, yes. But if did you put you you let the machine do the editing? At what Google point, handle the processing, that, right? Okay. The the line is getting blurred really really fast. Okay. It really is, and people. And have you noticed the trend? It, you know, you just recently did a shoot, so I'm sure that you're you're mm-hmm. seeing the changes. Mm-hmm. with human behavior and human interaction with photographers. But I see people go more and more bonkers with a photo booth or like what I just took a selfie with at the Doc Martin store, which is basically like a giant ring light selfie booth. Mm-hmm. And people are going more and more crazy in like a photo booth. But all it is is a backdrop, a light and a camera there you go. or a camera there you go. instead of interacting with a photographer. And I notice it at like some of the grad nights that I've done that, that the dynamic is starting to change. Do you think that that could possibly be to where it's just going to be instead of a photographer, you have a robot walking around? A lot of people were definitely into we're definitely into um, we're full we're definitely into the selfie age. The selfie is is a verb now. You know, definitely <laughs> where people it's the only thing going on. You cannot be at an event. And I try. And I asked this. I was having this conversation with a photographer friend of mine. If it was not shared on social media, did it happen? I've said that many times over the years. Maybe it was if it was not shared on social media, did it happen? You know, if we're here at the restaurant having a coffee and you don't take a picture of your bagel, or you know, if we're you know just walking down the street or we're mm-hmm. taking your kids, you know, to the Santa Claus parade and we did not photograph it, <laughs> is it legitimate to say like you know, well, you didn't take any pictures? Well, no, I didn't, and That's I addressed believe- in the movie The Circle. Really. The movie The Circle with uh, Hermione Granger and mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, that is actually addressed to where she had uh, pilfered a boat, like a canoe, like a kayak type mm-hmm. floating device. And they uh, asked, she was being interviewed on stage and she was asked whether or not she had her, her like selfie cam attached to her person. And she said no. And they asked, was there anything that was there to document that this happened? And she said, no, it was just me taking in the experience for myself. 
And it's interesting that they brought that up in the movie. <clears throat> it's an interesting it's, movie. It's something that happened because you mentioned my recent shoot. And I, I do mm-hmm. notice that when you're out there in the field, there was a photo booth. It was just an automatic camera. And it was like, you know, just tap here, wait 10 seconds, take your photo. And it was like, it was an entire 50s theme and everything. And I was, I'm still there. I'm covering the people. I'm covering the guests and everything. But you do feel there was the entire fly on the wall aspect. You know, you more mm-hmm. feel that people, it's a lot more convenient and a lot more practical or a lot more, you know, just customary for them to just pull out their phones. Like, Hey, let's just do a selfie and everything. Yeah. Oh, there's a photographer guy. Hi, photographer guy. Now we'll take one with you, but I got to have my selfie first, you know? It's right. Like, okay. What's your email again? I just want to make sure I was going to be right for Facebook. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, that's all it is. That's all it is. You don't need to worry about, you know, is it the right print size? Am I going to have to? No, it's like, listen, here, take your website's photos, and they're they're fine with that. My client told me, like, trust me, all the people are going to see this. All these are going to go on Facebook anyway, so don't need to trouble yourself with any form of, like, you know, high definition, whatever. To, <laughs> no, seriously, make my job easy. 50 megapixel. <laughs> no, no, that that part is done. You know, you have to, of course, you have to know your client. It makes my job a lot faster. It's, like, really not just, like, mm-hmm. people weren't too concerned. But we're definitely into the selfie generation. There are people who cannot spend two seconds, like, oh, my kids. Oh, my, it's like, oh, I need to, I need to record this. Stop, like, don't park the car. I need to take a photo. It's like... Take in the experience. <laughs> take in the experience. Like, take two seconds. Like, again, I have to say, you know, I'm a father of a four-year-old, you know, ballet class. You know, like, you know they were doing an open house because they never let us in. But on the last day of the season, they were like, okay, parents are allowed into the studio. So we sat there. And, of course, like any parent, everybody's pulling out their cameras, their phones. I'm recording. And, yes, of course, you're recording your little princess. But I'm not spending yep. the entire rehearsal recording her. Like, okay, I took, like, maybe 30 seconds. And... I'm just looking at my daughter dancing. Like, okay, fine. And mm-hmm. I'm like, my wife was right there next to me. You only shot, you only shot that. That's all you took. It's like, well, yeah. But I can't fault her because you know what? You want the memories. If you just scroll through your phone, you have like ten thousand photos of your kids just growing yeah. up. But have yep. we? Be, have are we overdoing it? That's the eternal question. Are we I overdoing so. it? Definitely. I think so. I think so. Well, I think so too. There are scientific studies that were being you know, that are now starting to come to light that they have proven that the generation that's coming up that will own that only documents their life with their phone, regardless of the event that they're at, that their retention of that particular moment is significantly decreasing. And I actually was wondering about that years ago, wondering, well, you know, I wonder, you know, it's like if you're constantly documenting your event, and the thought came to me when I was watching one of the presidential inaugurations years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was when cell phones were first starting to get the cameras. But, you know, it's like all of a sudden you just see like whoosh, a bunch of cell phones. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Are these people going to remember it or are they going to have to look at their device to remember the event? And because you're trusting your you're entrusting your phone to be the memory. So mm-hmm. you're, and you're who, watching who, the memory here. Who lived the event? Did you live? Did is the phone living the event? You're gonna have the phone. It's it's not the same mm-hmm. thing. It is not the same thing. It's you know? a barrier. It, it is, is a barrier. barrier between you and your event. So I I really would like to see more people taking in the event or the experience a little bit more next year. While I, I'm personally guilty of it as well, like a million times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just me living. You know, doing the whole Annie Leibovitz thing. You know, living my life through a lens. But that's I enjoy sharing it 
as well with, you know, I'll share photos with Christine. I'll share photos with you know, my brothers, you know, with everybody on social media as well. Mm-hmm. That's just a part of who I am. That's part of the being a photographer is that it is. you capture life, you capture the world around you and you want to share it. It's, I guess, part of being an artist. Why do people paint? Why do people sing? Why do they draw, use crayons, stick figures, whatever it might be. So in a way, it's like our inherent nature to share. Always. But I, I just, I get concerned when I see just people, they'll, like Christine showed me this video. It's freaking hilarious. And you've got to check it out if you already haven't. Mm-hmm. And everybody that watches us chatting right now, they haven't seen it. They need to go check it out. But there's a goof video about Instagram husbands, you know, whether or not you're a proper and good Instagram husband. And it's, the, you know, it's the total like enabler, yes man type video where it's like, oh, yes, man. oh, that's a beautiful picture. Oh, no, you should take another one and, you know, and another one and another one. And here, let me get the ladder for you for your food. So you can take a picture of your food as you're standing over your food. And, I mean, the video is absolutely hilarious. And when she showed it to me, I, I was definitely getting a good chuckle out of it because it's 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 a stereotypical video. But stereotypes don't happen in a vacuum. Stereotypes are there for a reason. Stereotypes address an actual Mm -hmm. fact, an actual reality, something that's clearly observable and quantifiable (laughs) and something that we all experience. And the parody comes from the fact that it's actually very present into, uh, and it hits a nerve somewhere. You know, Mm -hmm. some people can get offended. Some people can get a chuckle. You're laughing because at some point at a deeper level, you know, that it's true. You know that it's And you're that person yourself. (laughs) You're that person yourself. It resonates with you because you know that you're guilty of it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) Totally. Oh, man. 2018, definitely. We have to look back. And, of course, we have to be grateful for every day. 2018 is going to be another exciting year. Um, As far as as I'm concerned, um, I'm dipping my feedback um, to a lot of people. Like, you know, I have to thank my wife. I have to thank you. You guys have been dogging me since it's like forever. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't done anything. <laughs> but definitely, I have to say, on a personal level, just on the creative space, I'm working a lot on uh, on personal work right now. I'm doing just really going back to the basics. And this past shoot, even though it happened totally out of nowhere, it was actually a friend that reached out to me just, you know, just to get her out of a jam. But I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, I could actually get back in the field and just remember, like, you know, why I do this in the first place. And mm-hmm. photography is something I genuinely love. But of course, with Everything is just like riding a bike and everything. Getting back in there after so long definitely showed me that there's a lot of work I need to do, you know, on the technical space. So I'm, of course, going back to the basics, you know, just working out with my lighting. Mm -hmm. And you only do by doing, right? So you have to basically, again, shoot, 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 and keep shooting and see what goes on and what you're doing wrong and learn not to rely on so many features. Like, okay, maybe you've been doing this the same way for so long. Try something new. But definitely learn to keep learning and forgive yourself for the mistakes. But it's definitely something that, you know, people need to keep in mind. That... No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Don't forgive yourself for your mistakes. Hmm. No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm dead serious. Don't forgive mm-hmm. yourself for your mistakes. Thank yourself for those mistakes. Okay. Thank yourself because that's part of the learning process. That's one more step closer to being successful at the piece mm-hmm. of work that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And you never know, you, during the, the mistake, if it really is a goof and a mistake, you will discover something else about you and your talent, or you'll discover something that is a new way to shoot. So don't forgive yourself for your mistakes. Look at them as just, no, that's not the way you intended to do it. And it's just one more step closer to actually doing it the way you intended to do it. Nice. 
Thank you, David. You That's a good mistakes. one. That's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. I did not I did not look at it that way, but you're right. Yeah. You're definitely right. I'm trying yeah. to create I'm trying to create, you know, you know, another portfolio. I'm just trying to, you know, on I'm trying to make another iteration of my website right now. Because I definitely want to create, you know, more authentic and you know, you know, more impactful works, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that I'm proud of, not just old stuff I'm rehashing, but really stuff that is genuine and authentic and stuff that I really am really proud of having created. So of course you understand mm -hmm. that in the creative process is gonna take time. Um, mm -hmm. I still want to experiment some more with different type of things, but the stuff I love doing, concerts, weddings, you know, lifestyle and stuff, that's still something that I'm really open to. Um, but on the personal space, you know, with the kids and everything and my day to day, just sometimes I don't have the time, but on just a weekend, you know, just take an hour just to walk or just use the basement as my makeshift studio, just like, you know, just be in my zone. So I'm really working on that. And it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun. But well, somebody you know, turned their small house into a studio. There's a tiny home that was recently converted into their, it's their home, but they also are utilizing it as their photography studio. So any See, space can be done. Any space. Any, any space. You can use, you know, the grungiest, nastiest bathroom in a recording studio. Been there, done that. <laughs> and freaking love them. You know, I think it's something that is really awesome that my mother had instilled in me years ago mm -hmm. is to deconstruct whatever it is that you're trying to shoot. Mm -hmm. If you see something in a magazine or you saw something in an ad online or a billboard, deconstruct it. Figure out where's the first of all. Figure out where the light source is. First thing, mm -hmm. you know, and then deconstruct exactly how the thing was shot, and maybe you come to the conclusion that it is all CGI, which really sucks. Um, but that's a great way to continue to keep growing. And the awesome thing is, you you said that learning takes time. Well, the awesome thing is, is that learning doesn't take time. It takes the rest of the time for the rest of your life. Uh -huh. you know? we never stop learning. I, I want to be like David Bowie. I want to make like this crazy piece of work, you know, moments before I pass away. And, and that sounds kind of grim and kind of gloomy, especially at the end of the year. But that's the reality though. Like I want like that to me is the epitome of artistry to mm -hmm. where you've like, he was able to keep what was going on in his personal life under wraps so well with his mm -hmm. closest people in his life that, it didn't come out that he was even sick until right before he passed away. And he still made an album and it, he still made an album and it's one of the best albums in his career. One he's of the still most left on top albums. of the world. He still was still creating. He was still reinventing mm -hmm. himself. He still impact the right. world. And, you know, his passing was painful to everybody, but you know, he'd never, yeah. it's not like, you know, <coughs> you know, David Bowie. Oh really? David Bowie died. No, no. What? David Bowie died. I just saw him last week. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It was that right. impactful. It was that impactful. It was not just like, you know, another type of celebrity, you know, from the 60s or 70s on, on the shelf. You're just, oh, I didn't even know he was still around. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, take another example, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger is still on top of the world and having the time <laughs> of his life. <laughs> so he's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. These guys seem like, you know, they've been there forever. Again, I'm not trying to paint a gloomy atmosphere, but they are examples of living your life to the fullest. And yes. that's what every artist wants to do. Just keep doing yes. what you're doing and every single day just doing better and better and better and better work. It's crazy. Unabashedly. 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 Make no excuses Absolutely. for who you are and what you do. Man. What do you, what do you think is your, what is your most memorable 
moment, not necessarily photography moment, but what is your most memorable moment of this year? Of this year? Mm -hmm. Of this year? Memorable moment. Mm -hmm. This year, 2017, memorable moment. There have been a few. What's the one that comes to the top of your head right now? Just blurt it out. There have been a few. But I, um, I learned how to tie my shoes with my nose closed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know. I think because they take so much space. There's no. There's no definite moment. But re really, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm sorry. It's really cheesy. It is really cheesy. But I'm thinking of one Saturday afternoon. I was babysitting. Well, not babysitting the kids because dads don't babysit. Dads parent. Okay. Yes. Dads do not babysit. Mm -hmm. You were but parenting. I was, just, <laughs> I was just sitting around with the kids, and um, my uh, my daughter, who's four, and my son is about you know, one and a half, and they're you know you just she had a glass of milk, and out of nowhere she picks up her glass of milk, and he had cookies and stuff and everything. She went to the cupboard, grabbed two straws, grabbed the chair. I wasn't even following her. I was just like, you know, watching a YouTube video, whatever, just watching cats. <laughs> and she pulled up her chair, got on his high chair. Anyway, they shared the glass of milk and the crackers together. I didn't wow. ask anything. And I just, I just shot, I just, I just saw that. I grabbed my phone and I, sh and I sent them to her mother. Like if nothing else goes right for the rest of the year, at least we know we parented them well enough for moments like this to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just came off the top. You said off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but that happened this year and it was a very impactful moment. It was very precious to know that, you know what? Life happens and there's so many things you can complain about parenting and, you know, having kids and life happens. But it was a very singular moment where I realized, you know, they care enough about each other. We've taught them values of sharing, of caring about your family. You know, mm -hmm. she knows he's on his high chair, so she's not going to ask him to come down. So she, it's all that thing, you know, we've taught them well enough. <laughs> to have moments like this. <laughs> no. I think that's I, rad. I know it's stupid. No, it's just, it's just one wow. random thing in 2017. I'm sorry. It's not what you were looking for, but it just came out of my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I asked for what your most memorable moment was. That's a pretty rad moment right there. No, it's just, it was pretty intense. It was, it was something. That's pretty cool. And you captured it. I captured it. It's actually there. It's preserved. It's preserved Dude. for time. Like, so it happened. It happened. It happens. It's it's it's, mm -hmm. it's there for posterity. You know, I was like, yeah. it's in my Google timeline in the cloud somewhere. But make sure you put it on a hard drive and leave it at the library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too pragmatic. You know, I'm like, there's things that should not happen. There are things that should not happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the the lady it happened to. But things that shouldn't yeah, in this day of 2017, no. it should not happen. I'm sorry. Five no. years of your work, if it matters mm -hmm. that much to you, if you don't mind losing 250 bucks, so chances are you should have put in more effort into backing it up. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but it's true. It's true. But I'm also grateful, yeah. you know, that, you know, um, a good friend of mine, David Esquire, um, pulled through. <laughs> um, you know, I'm very, I'm very happy about that as well. You know, I have to put it out there. You know, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of prayers and everything, but you pulled through and I'm very happy. That, you know, whatever happened, you know, is behind us right now. And I'm very happy that, you know, you're doing well and still, and, you know, just, you know, rocking it as awesome with, you know, with the, the Doc Martens and, you know, and the Ray-Bans and, you know, mm -hmm. just, I'm just happy, you know, with, you know, God pulled through and just like, you know, helped you still, you know, just everything that went through. So I'm really happy well, about that. 
you had to go there. So no. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I guess I should go ahead and, 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 uh, go ahead and share a little personal something about that whole experience. You don't have to. I didn't mean to put you on the mm. spot, but you know, just, you know, no, I, no, no. I, I'm actually admonished to, I've actually been commanded to do it. And, uh, you may have seen the announcement on Facebook, not the, necessarily the, well, necessarily the announcement, but I had recently, maybe about a month or so ago, uh, mm. spoke at church and, not going, you know, not trying to say people need to be religious one way or another. Mm -hmm. But during that experience, I had a pretty intense moment happen in my life. And it's, it's, there we go again, I can go ahead and this is one more medium on how I am supposed to be sharing this and sharing it with many, many people. Um, I had woken up one of the mornings. <coughs> Excuse me getting over this crazy bug that's still going around. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've woken up in one in the mornings and it was impressed upon me basically with like having read a book and you have the knowledge of the words that you read and you can hear them in your head. You can see them, you know them, you, you experience them. And I woke up one in the mornings and was told that I needed to get rid of all of my distractions and I'm like, okay, what? Like, what, 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 what? And then it, I realized, okay, this is God talking to me. And I'm not crazy uh -huh. because I do believe that God presents himself to many people around the world in many, many ways. Uh -huh. And he told me that I needed to get rid of my distractions. And he made it very clear my distractions pertained to, first of all, my bags. <laughs> and anybody that knows me knows I love bags. There was at one point that I had to give an old assistant of mine, I think like 20 or 30 bags. I just threw them all into the back of my Jeep and then like was like, dude, here, take them all. Yeah, like, take the bags. Go. Like I kept maybe like a dozen of them. So it kind of gives you an idea of how many I had at that wow. time. I know, I know. And so uh, I was told to... Uh, get rid of all of my bags and my, you know, and in my head, I'm like, get rid of my bags. Huh? Okay. Well, does that mean, you know, like person A, person B, person A, person B, except it's mm -hmm. like, there's me and God talking. And so I said, does that mean I have to get rid of my Louis Vuitton? Yes. You're Louis Vuitton. Okay. It's vintage. Okay. It's like 30 something years old. That's great. I need to get rid of my Louis Vuitton, all of your bags. Okay. And all of your media, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Media? Uh, yeah, media. So <clears throat> over the past month, um, our church has received, I would have to say, upwards of about a dozen uh, very large totes that contained um, all of my DVDs. Wow. All of my, all of my, yes, my DVDs contained everything from the eighties, the nineties, all of my Keanu Reeves movies, uh, all the resident evil, Mila Jovovich movies, all of my medieval movies, Excalibur, you name it. Everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think this is like the first time I've really gone public even in media with this. Okay. Um, 
I also included with this, and this is where it was pretty tough, um, and it still hurts. Uh, I have, I am no longer the the owner of any Duran Duran media right now whatsoever. Shut up. All of my Duran Duran DVDs I donated to our church, uh, which included the Arcadia documentary video from Japan. That is huge. Um, every Duran Duran video ever made on a collection that I purchased has been donated. To the um, church. Mm-hmm. All of my CDs have been donated to the church. Okay. Including all of my Duran Duran CDs, some of which were autographed. Um, the Duran Duran Arena 2 CD that I had purchased from a Russian record label roughly 20 something years ago oh, was man. donated. It's the Duran Duran made a live album in the 80s called Arena, which uh-huh. quite bluntly I thought sucked. It was such a huge disappointment. And many Duran Duran fans, Duranis, uh, said the same thing and still say the same thing. And a, rec- a record label in Russia got a hold of all of the original audio from that tour and made okay. a two CD album of it. I think that CD that I gave to the church is one of maybe 10 or 20 in existence today. And the hey, entire planet. Hey. All, okay. all of my Duran Duran has been donated to the church. All of my media, all of my bags. And um, that was pretty tough to do. It, it's, I can imagine. And For as long as I've known you, it's always about it's just it's all about Duran. It has always been about Duran Duran. Always, still, still is. Um, there's stuff from Moby that's in there that you can't get anymore. The double album, everything is wrong remix. See, yeah, there's there's a whole lot stuff from record labels that was autographed to me from the bands that I'd worked with, from Interscope, Capital, you name it. Um, I donated it all to the church. So that would help them uh, along with all of my bags. And then I was told, and I'd been told this before four times previously in my life. And I thought I'm going crazy. Uh I'm losing it. I'm delusions of grandeur, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But I'm, I'm telling you, my man, and I'm telling everybody that's watching or listening that, God specifically told me that he is coming soon. Okay. And he told me to make sure that I tell everybody. Literally that morning I got up and my friend Bob was here from Germany Mm -hmm. and I was sitting at the dining room table and him and Christine came in and uh, that was like, they were the first two people that I told I needed to tell everybody. I was told to tell everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sharing it with you Mm -hmm. that you get your house ready. And your house would be your home, uh-huh. your your family, your heart, your own personal heart. Um, but to, he is coming soon. And I shared that with our church. And I don't, I'm just, I'm admonished to tell everybody. And this is the first, I think, public speaking outside of my church, but like uh-huh. in media, like globally like this on a platform like this that I've shared this. Uh-huh. And the really interesting thing is, is that I was listening to one of the YouTube vloggers that I follow and she did an interview with somebody that had a very similar experience to where he can't explain it. He's religious, but he's not, you know, he's not a pastor or anything. 
but God had impressed upon him and told him that God said he is coming soon. And he was told to tell everybody like in his circles and his families, everything. So, yeah. So I think I would be really great for everybody that's in our families and, mm-hmm. and our friends and colleagues and everybody mm-hmm. around the world to mm-hmm. get your house ready. He said he's coming soon. I don't know when that's all I know. But the, the crazy thing is, is this is the fifth time that he's told me this. In your life four times? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from somebody that survived a head-on collision, survived a heart attack, all these other crazy things. But this time he was like, you need to tell everybody. So you're right. awesome. it, it, you, you brought up the, the incident. I no, it's a, okay. A ago. And, and, but it's I'm okay. Not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. No, but that was cool. Like that just reminded me like, hey, yeah, I should take advantage of the situation and share that. Like, this is important. It's a important. personal it's very- thing. It's a very powerful. It's a very powerful thing, and I thank you for being, you know, so trustworthy and, you know, just letting yeah. letting you know. And, and I'm sorry if you felt like you know forced or anything. I mean, oh no, my, my, my no, 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 no! You, you you were talking about it, and that just reminded me to say something. No, certainly, so, no, 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 It's no, no, a no. very powerful message, and it's important to it always acknowledge that you know we are here <laughs> on lease, and at some point, <laughs> yeah, going- I like that term. We're, I like that term. We're here on lease. I would definitely think we're here on lease because we're just passing through. You know, mm-hmm. there was there was a lifetime be- before us, and there's definitely there will definitely be a lifetime after us. But right now, in this circumstances, we always need to remember that we're just a very small organism on a floating rock, and Dude, we have no, we have no <laughs> control. We have no control. All we can do is just try to make sure that you know we do the best. Again, I keep saying this all the time because. I don't know. Right now, as of recently, I just realized that, you know, we're all in this together and it's all about a community and we're connected. We're not, it's not just, you know, just Mm -hmm. focusing on your navel. It's about the fact that it's very important to know that, you know, you can learn from each other (laughs) and you can definitely, you know, just try to be better people because there's enough toxicity going on in the world to go around, but there's also a lot of love and there's a lot of understanding and there's a lot of connection and there's a lot of, you know, generosity you know, and I'm not just about because this is the holidays. It's just because, you know, and again, the holidays aren't fun for everybody. Okay. But you have to be, you have to open your heart. Uh, you have to open your mind and you have to open just a little bit of decency in terms of how you choose to reach out and how you choose to connect, you know, for your fellow being. So I really want to thank you uh, for being so vulnerable, but of course, letting us know that, you know, there is, you know, a lot to think about in our presence. And again, it's out of respect for everybody who's both religious and not. Um, we're yeah. all, you know, trying to connect. And again, a lot of people say, like, you know, what's, what's his problem? Like, no, it's not. It's something <laughs> very real and very intense and something that, you know, it's very important. It's something that's very intimate. And we all need to be to acknowledge how important that is. Because, of course, it's something that's very, you know, it's something to highlight, something to notice, and something to think about. The fact that we're just passing through. It's something that... uh, We're on lease. We're on lease. (laughs) We're on lease. You know, we're not here to stay, you know. We just want, you know, just to try to do our best as, you know, again, we're just passing through. It's something that I read, and I just, that's so powerful, you know. We're... We're just passing through, you know, we're not, we're not here permanently. We're just passing through. So, you know, just take care of while the time you're here, you know, because you just don't know because life is short. Life is really short. Life passes by fast. See how three years passes by. <laughs> three years pass by. Tres, tres años. Tres años. Well, man, life is short. I'm walking proof. Life, life is short. Life I'm is short. walking proof. It could be taken away from you in the blink of an eye. 
Oh yeah. I'm just a freak of nature. So clearly <laughs> it's either that or um, God has a lot of work ahead of me. I think it's probably both. <laughs> you got a lot. He's still there's keeping me around for a reason. It's like there's a lot going on. There's okay. a lot going on. But you know, <laughs> even though you don't know what the plan is, you know, just mm -hmm. ride the wave and just like try to do your best and while the time you're here. You know, the script, you're not writing the script, but you know, while you're here, give the best performance you can and knock it out of the park. That's the mm -hmm. best you can do. That's the best you can do. <laughs> And buy yeah. lots of camera gear. Have lots of gas. <laughs> Man. Gas? Yes, gas. And if yes. you don't know what it is, you guys, go look it up. Just look go up look gas up. and photographer. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you're a My, creative person, you have gas. It's just oh, inherent in your nature. It's, it's, it's going to be there. It's definitely part of the entire, you know. <laughs> Speaking of gas, <laughs> dude. Okay, I, I recently did acquire uh, with their Black Friday sale the the uh, DJI Osmo Mobile. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow! I tried the Feutech one that they had out that has like two handles and big old mount on the top, and you put your phone here or no phone below it, and you mm -hmm. put lights and microphones and stuff like that here, and it was just like I, I went through two of them and I returned them both. Mm -hmm. And the D, the DJI Osmo Mobile is just bonkers buttery smooth really buttery smooth that's my my gas acquisition for the year wow yeah. and okay. i was just like uh oh i'm getting an alert <laughs> my hair my airpods just told me that my batteries are about to die so we should probably wrap it up <laughs> we should probably wrap it up <laughs> wrap it up I th we've had so much fun we don't even see the time this time go through but no david i just want to be oh so <laughs> dude 90 minutes We've been here a while. We've been here a Boy, while, man. We had to make up for three years. Three for three years. Three years. years. Three years. Hard years. to compress. So 30 minutes per year. So I think we're in good time. 30 minutes per year. But David, I'm not going to take too much of your time, but I just yes. want to thank you for the for the awesome time because, you know, I know you're a busy guy, but, you know, it was really fun you're to catch busy. up. You're busy. <laughs> you're but, just as busy. Mm -hmm. But I just want to thank you again for always being so awesome and so generous of your time because it's always fun to catch up. And I've learned so much from you and, you know, definitely you've been a lot of influence for me, like, you know, just as a person, just as a regular human being, but also as an awesome photographer. I never cease to tell everybody, like, you know, I'll never stop. The guy basically, you know, like, you know, it was just started out of something random. I saw this guy on a podcast, saw his, saw his work, you know, a podcast that doesn't exist go. anymore. No. <laughs> mm -mm. Dojo's caught, but hey yours exists <laughs> <laughs> but i just want to thank you for all the friendship and you know uh, for everything mm -hmm. david really seriously like you know you're really an awesome dude and really just uh, for everything that the year is going to bring you through i hope that the holidays are happy ones uh to you and yours and may 2018 <laughs> just bring you you know health and success and you know and nothing less vice versa my man on every one of those points vice versa seriously i'm looking forward to just not only you but all of our friends and family just going into next year and our 2018 is just a step up from this year not so many events but just a lot more love and laughter i would yeah. love to see you know, just that. everybody's lives overflowing like that that would be amazing that would be amazing for all it's worth thank you so much for your time and to everyone as always uh, leave the show notes in the episode and uh for everything down below. subscribe to down below down below all the shows will be there and all the tidbits once the episode go live and uh, leave a comment you know send uh, send your love to david david at esquirephotography.com or directly on his website or you uh, every <laughs> you i'm here 
I'm here. Where can we I'm find here. you at? Me, I will always be on the Twitters at uh, ODJD or on Instagram. I am ODJD or uh, directly on my website, ODJD.ca on the candidates <laughs> for everything. All you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And as always, do stay awesome. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.